There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry Hey everybody, we're back and we're live. It's the Forever Mighty Post Game Show. I got Eddie smiling at the end of the camera here. It's just Pat and Eddie tonight. Jason is out playing Beer League in, uh, I don't know, some some very important game where he had to miss this incredible game here yeah. tonight. Uh, the Ducks pull, Somehow more important than this. Pull off like a, a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous third period. This game was actually amazing from start to finish. Without the, you know, there's a little blemish there in the second period, but honestly, man, what a great feeling to see the Ducks clean up and beat the Stars six to three tonight. Just a, a crazy game because it was all over the place. Great first period, uh, just a crap most of the second period except for the end, and then uh, ridiculous. Probably, I guess, the Ducks' best third period of the season. I, uh, maybe uh, Washington, maybe might be better. It's close. <laughs> it was, it was still, it was still just a great game. A dominant performance, in my opinion, all around. I mean, the the Ducks take some dumb, dumb penalties in the second period, and that cost them. That cost them the second period, uh, which we'll get to here in a few. But, I mean, they outchanced the Stars. They outshot the Stars. They obviously outscored the Stars. A much better performance than the last time we saw the Ducks play this team. So, very, very happy with this. Um, strange to see the Ducks are 7-1 and one in their last eight uh, hashtag fire Carlisle has not surfaced its face in quite some time. And as we discussed in the last show, Eddie, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. And this is just no. uh, 
just more proof that Carlisle's staying. But uh, I don't think it really has a whole lot to do with him. What do you think? Yeah, we, we've talked about this before. I don't think it's <laughs> I don't I, you can't exclude him completely. But no. uh, it's a very minuscule percentage, I think, that involves his his benefit. The Ducks have scored, I think they said 22 goals in their last five games, which oh, is yeah. a complete flip of how they were playing in the beginning of the season, just barely scoring over two goals per game. Now we're at, at over four. In, in the last five games don't really know what's changed to be honest it's been little things and just guys getting hot for the last two games six points cash in the last two games six points Patrick tonight uh guys are just starting to play well silverberg four we we criticized him before four games ago and now he yep. scored a goal in each of the last four games so it's just guys stepping up the offense is starting to come from the guys we're expecting it to uh, and this is still without ricard raquel in the lineup uh, so interesting to see what happens when he gets back. And without Corey Perry, sir, you forget about yeah, one of the greatest well, ducks of all time, not in the lineup still. Implied at this point because he's <laughs> basically not going to be in the lineup all year. At least not till March ish, right? So, and I yeah, buried so the lead there. The big, the big talk of the night is Andre Kasha getting his first career hat trick. I, I yeah. mean, what a game by Kasha! He's he's incredible, man. Like I told you last night, or I think it was I told you either over over text or I told you in the last show. It's like, I, do I get a Lindholm jersey? Who's my boy? And I was always been there, and like I've always rooted for the guy. And everyone always gives me gives me a hard time for you know they say I ride his jock. I'm some fanboy, but Andre Kosh is totally just uh, stealing my attention over here on the left hand side of my face. I just kind of have to keep looking over and be like, man, the guy's pretty damn good and exciting to watch. Maybe I should get his jersey too. I should just get both, right? With all the free yeah, money I have, yeah, just just it's good, and I'll go to Cool Hockey to do it. Bite so. the bullet, might as well. Yeah, there you go. We got some. Off. Yeah, I knew. Hey, man, that's a it's a not a bad idea, honestly. But um, getting into the beginning of this game, the Ducks found out uh, some bad news about uh, Ryan Miller. We'll get to the effects of that, but he's gone at least six weeks, could be longer, with a uh, a sprained MCL, and so the Ducks, without the services of backup Ryan Miller. John Gibson starts a net. Ricard Raquel still out. Getting into this game, uh, you got to get right to it because there wasn't a lot of chances in the beginning of this game until all of a sudden Andre Kasha really? decided to put one on on goal. Huh? I mean, in the beginning of the game was pretty boring. First five six minutes, kind of everyone. You know, I think the Stars had one chance in front. Uh, is it Hanley cut to the crease on a really weird passing play by the Stars, but Gibby made a save. But uh, right, I mean, we didn't really miss too much. No, it was like seven total shots until Andre Kasha scored, and none of them were really high danger scoring chances anyway. So it didn't really. I think it took a little bit for guys to, for things to pick up. These two teams are pretty different since the last time the Ducks and the Stars faced off, where it was. I mean, I guess it followed a similar script this time. Obviously, better for the Ducks, uh, but yeah, they're, they're a different look to both of these teams. That I think they're just trying to feel themselves out a little bit. It was a, a very uncharacteristic, dominant first period here by Anaheim. Andre Kasha with the goal on, I don't know what in the hell Babe Ruther was doing at the side of the Dallas Stars net, collects the puck, sends it in front of the net for absolutely no reason to absolutely nobody, and it gets picked up by Aberg. Aberg feeds a perfect pass. All, you know, just it happened just so fast, and Kasha was able to collect the puck in his feet. Still elevate it and get it by, you know, twelve foot ten 
uh, you know, Ben Bishop sitting in net, not able to get over, and all of a sudden it's one nothing Ducks. It's a great play by Pontus Aberg. And, uh, again, it comes to the fact that uh, he just has, at times, game-breaking offensive ability. You know, he fakes the, the slap shot, drags it around the defender, throws it, a perfect pass across to uh, Kasha, who doesn't one-time it. No. Takes it in stride, which was an interesting choice, and then fires it in over Ben Bishop, who was kind of leaning it a bit forward. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, Pontus Aberg, uh, can't say enough about that guy. We talked about last show how he could possibly be uh, not just the Ducks' best waiver pickup ever, but maybe the best waiver wire pickup. And that's that's said without doing a lot of research on my part to really look at who some of the best <laughs> waiver pickups are. But, I mean, yeah, he just continues to make plays, whether it's putting the puck in the back of the net or making a pass like that. And, and then Andre Tasha as well just continues to play great. He's up to 14 points now after tonight's game in his first 15 games. He's absolutely killing it. And obviously tonight he killed it as well. Uh, play goes on here for a bit in the first period. Not a lot going either way. Uh, a really awkward play happens with Ben Bishop, though. I can't, this can't go unnoticed. You got Kiefer Sherwood flying in with a Dallas defender on his back. Bishop, the puck's ahead of Sherwood. He comes like 15 feet outside of his crease. Covers the puck. Everyone's waiting, thinking there's going to be a whistle, right? On rushing Sherwood. I mean, at least I thought for like a split second it was going to be a whistle. Bishop decides to like play football. Yeah. Like he's like he's a center in the NFL and just flick the puck between his legs out to <laughs> nobody. It gets deflected, almost winds up at his own net. Like what the hell are you thinking, Bishop? Like that's some of the ballsiest moves I've Dude, seen there. It by was an interesting choice. Like why? I don't get it. I, I guess he, he didn't see Sherwood, I guess. He must not have. Otherwise, he would have done it. I think he just thought uh, most of the Ducks went for a line change and that the only duck player furthest ahead was the guy who took the shot. And so he's like, oh, whatever, I'll throw it behind to my defense. Maybe maybe we'll get a rush going up the ice. And Ben Bishop's not a guy who's afraid to handle the puck. Uh, he's a guy on a regular basis that is a guy who pretty much any puck goes behind the net, he's going to skate out there and try and play. And uh, I guess that's that was his thinking in this one, is he's going to try and get to a rush going up the other way. Uh, what would have been even better if he threw, threw it between his legs and deflected off like Sherwood into the net? Because you look at Sherwood's goal in the last game, it deflects it off uh, Stefan Nason. And for a goal like this, where Bishop just hikes it between his legs, and if it had hit off Sherwood and went in, that would have just been probably the most ridiculous two goals to score back to back for a player in NHL history. And uh, I was, you know, we were all hoping it would have, right? I mean, we were th- we were sitting there thinking that puck's got to find its way in the front of the net and then go in at that point. But luckily for Bishop, it's able to stay out. Moving on here along the first period, I mean, we kind of get out of it here. Is it? Uh, it's an unreal dominant first period for Anaheim. They outshoot the Stars fifteen to five. That's not something we see very often here. The Stars are top heavy. They're high powered offense. They got guys that can burn you, and you know the the Ducks were able to contain them. And it was a very very promising yeah. start to a game. It was. Uh, I, I mean, the Ducks don't often outshoot teams in general after the first period, and especially this season. And for a, a team like the Stars, who just have firepower throughout their entire lineup, especially the first line and Ben Sig and, and Radulov, for the Ducks to come out of this one up 15-5 to five in shots. Uh, 
great, great effort. Uh, probably deserved to be out maybe more than one nothing, especially with some of the chances they got late in that game. And like we talked about, Ben Bishop throwing it between his legs and it almost resulting in a goal. Uh, the Ducks probably could have come up, maybe uh, come out of that period up two or three nothing. But uh, hey, I mean, anytime you can come out with a lead and you're playing pretty well, it, it looked good going into the second. Uh, foreshadowing a bit, unfortunately, didn't turn out that great. No, I mean, the second period has just been the typical Anaheim period of just bad news. We'll get to that right now here. Slow start for both teams. It's kind of like in the first period, a little slow at the gate. Lindholm takes a high-sticking penalty, and then the Ducks just get hemmed in for a long time on uh, you know in their own zone. And it was a chance for the Stars in front yeah. of the net that was thwarted there by Brandon Montour. Ducks would tap it wide. It would go all the way back out to Heiskanen. And he was able to wire that off the post and in. I mean, there is nothing that John Gibson was able to do. These penalty killers are gassed at this point, and the Stars are able to tie it up there 1-1. Yeah, just a, a ridiculous shot uh, by a kid who has started to turn it on for the Stars this year. He's had six goals, which is nothing to scoff at for a, a 19-year-old defenseman playing in, I think, his 30th or 31st game of his career. A uh, great shot for him. Unlucky bounce, I think, for everybody. The fact that it just ricochets like perfectly out to him. And then John Gibson is screened by about three or four players. Uh, there's a Stars player in front. Ryan Kessler is kind of stumbling all over the place trying to block the shot. He gets in the way. And then Heiskanen just picks the corner. I mean, this is a perfectly placed shot off the post and in. So tough one for the Ducks because the Stars were starting to play really well after a great first period from Anaheim. Yeah, no, it got the Stars right back in it because, I mean, not not too long later here, the Stars would come in on a bad play, a bad read, really, by Dodson. He pinches up in the offensive zone for the Ducks, wasn't able to collect the puck, lets the Stars break free there on a rush. It's a 2-1-1. Blake Coma was able to get the feed in the crease, like, on the fly. What a perfect pass. Just a perfect pass to him on that 2-1-1. The Ducks get burned. And now all of a sudden, it's a 2-1 Dallas lead on this one. John Gibson not at fault again. Mahura did everything he could. I mean, the, the broadcast tried to say build the wall with his skate and his knee to block it. But he threaded the needle. It was a perfect pass there. Yeah, there really wasn't much more he could do on that. He goes down on one knee to try and block it. And it literally goes between his knee, between John Gibson's pad, perfectly threaded over to Blake Como. And if he misses that, I mean... You really don't miss those. That that's I, I would have missed it. I, I mean, I would have missed it. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably would have too. So <laughs> I don't think you're alone on that. But it, it's from a guy who doesn't normally, I guess, make those types of plays. Mm. Devin Shore is the guy who picks off the pass. Usually, if if you saw that type of pass, you're expecting Tyler Sagan, a Radulov, Jimmy Ben, Klingberg, if he's in the lineup, somebody like that making that pass. So just a a, a ridiculous through the seam pass by Devin Shore to set up Como. But yeah, you can't. You can't really blame anybody on that one. It's a ridiculous bounce again. Uh, I'm not sure who tried to close the gap at the blue line, um, but the puck squeaks through them and it gets out for the two-on-one, so maybe put some blame there, but it, it's a tough one. It's it's one that if you get a two-on-one and you make a pass like that, it's probably going in nine out of ten times. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do there? Ducks trailing now two-to-one to Dallas, and all of a sudden, I know, I'm sure you got the same feeling all the rest of us Ducks fans did. You get that empty sad feeling in your stomach you're just like okay really good first period and now there's what what's the excuse here boys now you're down 2-1 two goals back to back you think they're going to come back with some fire here they don't Radulov gets a partial breakaway Gibby's able to make the save we were 10 minutes in Eddie 
and the Ducks didn't have a shot on goal, and the Stars had eight in the second period. That was tough to stomach uh, watching this. And then Nick Ritchie with just an egregious check to the face of, uh, Fe- I think it's Fedun's uh, Fe- face. I don't know how to say his last name, honestly. Yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. He Who gets cares? cross-checked in the face. It was like Ritchie was extending to protect himself on a guy, but the guy's smaller than him, so it, could, it you know, protected himself from his face. And uh, it looked painful to me, so it was a very much deserved two-minute penalty there for Nick Ritchie. Uh, and then, of course, I love that the broadcast brought this up. They said that Sagan's hit like 10 posts this season. So he had some yeah, posts on the said, power play. <laughs> they also said he hadn't scored. He's played 18 career games or something against the Ducks, and he hasn't scored one goal. And it's the only team in the league he hasn't scored a goal against. Oh, man, that's, that's hilarious. Insane. For a guy, how like, good he 18 is. 18 games, 18 career games against the team, and, you, and he hasn't scored. And, oh, it makes no again, sense. Of course. Yeah, and it's the only team. And it's the Ducks of all teams that he hasn't been able to score against. In uh, a league goal scorer like Tyler Sagan, I couldn't believe that. And, uh, yeah, and then he hits the post. Perfect shot, too. Oh, like, right, right off the crossbar. Yeah, that, that was yeah. perfect. With no room. That was the only shot he could make, and he just barely missed it. So, but, you know, that wouldn't be go- that wouldn't be gone without a problem there for the Ducks because the Stars' power play would re- regroup, come back in, and Radulov with just, oh, my God, man. What a Talk snipe. A perfect shot. What a Jeez. snipe. Top corner, far side on Gibby, bar down essentially, hit that top at the at you know the angle of the post and crossbar there. Perfect shot by Radula, beautiful. And all of a sudden it's a three one game. I remember yelling at my TV as I got up and grabbed another beer. I was like, Are you kidding me? Like, can we not if we're gonna lose a game, be competitive. And this in the second period, they were they were just I, I was like, they could still come back. But don't do this. Yeah. Like, they needed to get one there in the second period here. And they would. And who would it be? Andre Kasha, baby. That guy has just been absolutely dynamite for Anaheim here. I mean, the play, all the credit's got to go to Ryan Getzloff, though. I mean, oh, for sure. The, I know the broadcast brought it up, but I mean, clearly anybody could see. Goes to the corner, outmuscles the Dallas defender, kicks the puck to his stick, feeds a perfect pass to Andre Kasha. Puts it between the arm and the body of Bishop. This kid's unbelievable, man. He's destroying everybody that he plays against right now, and all of a sudden it's a 3-2 game. Yeah, and, and what a play for Ryan Getzlaff to pick up his 900th career point off just a patented Ryan Getzlaff play where he outmuscles the Dallas defender down below, kicks it to his skate, and then threads a perfect pass to Andre Cash. I mean, that that's prototypical Ryan Getzlaff to get his 900th career point. And then, yeah, Andre Kasher, man. I mean, we, we just came off the play before with Radulov talking about how perfect of a shot that was. And I don't think it, Kasher's goal necessarily beats that, but this is still a well-played shot. I mean, Bishop was actually cheating to that side. And Kasher still finds the whole short side and beats him under the blocker, which was a great play shot by him. Everything he threw on net tonight seemed like it was going in the back of that. He was just, again, all over the place, which he pretty much has been all season. Last game, we really loud him talked about how he was all over the place and he was really one of the only guys generating offense and he was getting things going in this game he just took it to another level and, and basically just said i'm going to do it myself this game i'm not going to pass i'm going to put every puck i, I throw on net in the back of the net and uh, he's just an unbelievable player uh which is just the more crazy the fact that he was drafted in the seventh round uh near the end of the draft and, and now he's doing this he gets his first career hat trick just ridiculous He's insane, and he's got three years on that contract. Do you know what his cap hit is? Oh, man, I feel like it's probably below two. 
It's above. Right? It's above two. It's two point six. But that's oh, stupid. Geez, that's matter. stupid yeah. for a guy who has probably a, a really good shot at hitting twenty goals again this season. Um, that's that's bargain. That's a bargain contract. That's another great move yeah. there for uh, for Bobby nine, Murray. Right? Is he at nine or eight? Is he at eight after tonight? I think because he's 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 only played fifteen games. And either way, if he's at nine or eight, he's going to hit twenty for sure. You would think, right? As long as he has somewhat of a decent season to finish out. So he had a hat trick tonight. Uh, yeah, he's he got eight goals, eight. six assists. Yeah, hit, hit eight. In yeah, fifteen yeah, games. In fifteen games. So I, I think I'd, I'd play. It's a pretty safe bet, in my opinion, that with fifty more games, he's probably going to get at least ten more goals. Let's hope twenty. So. I mean, honestly, yeah. he, he's he's well, playing yeah, lights so, out, yeah. man. He's insane. Yeah. Ducks Ducks get out of that second period uh, with a with a uh, three two to a three to two deficit. But honestly, I mean, they played poorly outside the penalty kill. I get it. But that power play for Dallas was not able to set up early on in the game. And then in that second period, they just did whatever they wanted. Uh, Ducks weren't able to thwart it there. That was the problem in the second. Then you get to the third period here, and this is where the Ducks just unload. This was one of the best third periods I have seen this team play in a really long time. I mean, yeah, they came back and won. And it was a big, big game against the Caps. But this game was different. It seemed dominant. I felt like the Ducks were in control in the third period the entire period. They had rush after rush, getting solid shifts off the first or out, out the gate off the first few minutes. And then you get the you get the same feeling, right? I felt like this game in the third period was just the Ducks were in control. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often this year, where in any period. I mean, even the first, the Ducks... I, you didn't feel they were in control for the entire period. They outshot Dallas 15-5. to 5. It, it was a good period. But there were still times where Dallas looked dangerous. The Ducks just stifled them in this third period. And I felt like Dallas maybe sat back a bit. They had the one-goal lead. So I feel like maybe just that... And that's come back to bite the Stars in the past, where they, they go into the third with a one-goal lead, and they kind of just think that uh, it's going to be an easy coast to the finish. The Ducks took advantage of that, and they didn't let up until the enemy that the stars pulled their goalie with four minutes to go and the ducks just continued pressure the, the only good chance the stars got uh was jimmy ben whiffing on an open net oh, so they were just him. they were just dominant for this entire period it was a, a great masterpiece type period for the ducks which we have not maybe seen all season like you said i i think it's up there with some of the best periods actually have had Oh, easily, easily one of the best. Let's get to the Andre Kasha goal, the one that would give him the hat trick in this game. Huge shift prior to this one, and then the Ducks come out and roll again. It was a shift with, I think it was Getzloff and Richie and Kasha. I mean, yeah. Richie, Richie got some top-line time. Um, he got a shot on net. Of course, he threw it right in the breadbasket of Bishop. Nothing dangerous, but the rebound pops out. And honestly, this puck was in and out of the net as Kasha was just above the goal line slaps at the puck that's a seeing eye shot i didn't even know where the hell Again. that puck was going in man yeah. bishop is scooting in and i'm like where did it go and it went under his blocker above his pad just in the back of the net kasha goes nuts the crowd goes nuts here it, i mean that was amazing to see kasha get his hat trick here on home ice that what a, what a thing of beauty for that guy man he worked so hard for it yeah, that was the second goal he scored short side where there seemed like there was no place to put the puck, especially this time, because literally Ben Bishop is about an 
away from hugging that post. A small space open. Kasha not only finds that space, but somehow finds the angle from basically the bottom of the circle to throw it into the smallest piece of the net on the opposite side of the post. I mean, just a... Uh, I mean, I, I want to say a skilled effort, but he just kind of slams it on net. So I think he kind of just gets a bit lucky that he finds a hole. But when you're as hot as Andre Cash is lately, those pucks are going to find their way to the back of the net. Uh, just, uh, I mean, I, I can't keep talking about how great he was tonight and just in general how he's been this season. He fully deserves to get the hat trick in this game. It's great for him to finally get his first career hat trick. We talked about the first few games when he started with the Ducks this year, how he just seemed snake-bitten, and he just couldn't get the puck in the back of the net, and now things just seem to be clicking for him. He's playing exactly the same way, too. Don't get me wrong, he hasn't really changed anything. Things are just starting to go right for him now. Right. And, and pucks are finding their way in holes they, they weren't really were before. So he's just he, he's just finally getting some puck luck, and he's just an unbelievable player, right? The Ducks dangerous player offensively. Oh, he's killing it. So he gets the hat trick there. Ducks continue to pour on on net. I mean, easily just in control of this game. Bishop swimming. Auberg hits a post. And then the Ducks get another goal. Brandon Montour takes advantage of an empty net. Thanks to Roman Polak basically toppling Ben Bishop <laughs> off the top of the crease. I mean, he didn't knock him over, but he definitely shoved him aside there as the Stars got a bit twisted in their defensive zone. And there was just all day and all night for Monster to rip that into an empty net. Four to three, or sorry, at that point, yeah, four to three Anaheim there. They take the lead, and that makes the Andre Kasha goal even better and bigger for him. He gets the hat trick, and then the Ducks pull ahead. Yeah, Ben Bishop's going to be looking at this later and probably just lighting Roman Polak up. I have no idea why he decides to take that route. Nick Ritchie is just outside the crease. Ben Bishop is at the top of his crease. There's no room for anything to really squeak through there. And, and Ron Pollock's like, oh, you know, I'm just going to squeeze through here and get to the other side. of the And he can't get over. And then the puck just finds its way off a couple bounces to Brandon Montour. An empty net. I mean, he's, nobody's missing that. No, uh, it was, and, it was uh, wide open. Yeah, and, and, and Montour now, uh, well, with this goal and then obviously with his four-point night, he's got six points in his last two games as well couple goals to go along with that and uh he's starting to heat it up too and, and he's getting he's taking advantage of a lot of the ice time he's being given not only playing with hampus linton but with cam fowler still out of the lineup he's be, kind of taking over those lion's share of minutes and he's run with it especially as of late he's looked unbelievable that linton montour pairing which we criticized so heavily at the beginning of the season oh, yeah has started to come alive and it's looked pretty good it's looked pretty good as of late so it's easily been the ducks best pairing uh, it's not saying much when you look at who's paired with who on the other pairings, but uh, you need at least one to be dominant and at least one defender. And Brandon Montour has been, I believe, the Ducks' best defender over the last five to ten games at least. Oh, and he's just chewing up minutes too. I mean, he's absolutely eating eating minutes every night. I mean, looking at the scorecard tonight, let's see, he played, oh, you know, he only played 26 and a half minutes tonight, uh, followed by Lindholm yeah. with 24 so these guys are in every situation playing like the toughest minutes against the top competition every single night, and they're killing it right now. Hell of a game for Montour and and Lindholm there. Um, let's get on to the the fifth goal, the the goal that wasn't a goal then was a goal here. Jacob Silverbrick, talk about another guy who's really stepped his game up here lately. Gets on a partial breakaway, getting hooked on the play, 
gets his feet crossed up as he goes to stop. He whiffs on the shot, and Bishop's preparing for the shot, so he whiffs on the follow-through. He's trying to pump the brakes. He doesn't run into Bishop there. Kicks the puck inadvertently, goes in the net. There's no way in hell he ever would have thought that was going to happen, in my opinion. Referee seems to think it was an intentional kick. No goal. Goes to Toronto. Toronto's like, nah, F that. It's a goal. Ducks take the 5-3 to three lead here. Huge goal here for the Ducks. Jakob Silverberg, man, he's really turned the heat on as well. I don't know how they thought that was a kicking motion to begin with. I mean, come on. The, the guy is sliding towards the net pretty much. And uh, I, I don't think I ever saw a point where it looked like he could even be in a position to kick the puck in the back of the net. Luckily, it was so uh, decisive in, as of a play to look at. There was no motion whatsoever of him kicking the puck that it was no. so easy to overturn. But it could have been if, if there was somewhat close to a kicking motion or something because they called that no goal on the ice. It could have been harder to overturn. Uh, luckily, it, it was literally just bouncing around his feet and goes into the back. And that probably would have been a penalty knowing the NHL not a penalty shot because they never they they never give those out unless you're Elias Pedersen as of late and uh, nobody really gets them but uh, yeah I mean Yakov Silverberg man uh, we criticized him heavily after his hot start and now he's got four goals in the last four games he's up in that trade value hopefully the, the Ducks are going to get something <laughs> good for him because I don't think uh, there's any way he sticks if he keeps producing like this, it's, the Ducks need it right now. Nonetheless, they, they need a guy like him to be getting on the score sheet, especially with Ricardo Raquel in the lineup. Uh, it's been a great time for him to find his game again and start chipping, chipping back in with some goals. No, it's definitely good to see him get those in there. Then the Stars pulled their goalie, uh, I mean, almost like what Patrick Waugh used to do when he was coaching the Avalanche, right? Pulling the goalie here with four minutes to go, down by two. I mean, the Ducks had three consecutive icings. So I guess they were like, screw it, they're tired. Let's just see what we can ha- you know, have happen here. Ducks would even take yeah. more icings here. It didn't matter. Jamie Benn whiffs on an empty net on the side of the on the side where Gibby was dead to rights. War- weren't able to score there and bring it any closer. And then Lindholm seals the deal, my boy there, with a 200-foot shot from the corner. Buries it. It's 6-3. to three. That's a wrap. Ducks are able to bounce back from a horrible second period and come back and get the win here. Uh, defeating the Dallas Stars 6-2-3, my friend. What a game, man. That was a very exciting game. Yeah, for sure. And guess she picks up the unbelievable night for him and just a great night for the Ducks in general. Another big comeback, not as big as uh, against Washington, but no. still a, a big, huge third period to come back and win this game. You were down 3-1 at one point um, to a pretty good team, a team that's close to the standings uh, with the Ducks right now. So, uh, I think it was a great win. Big character win. Two wins in a row now. Kind of two crazy games as well. The New Jersey game was just ridiculous. This was kind of up there and, and be, at least being an exciting game because you had that really, really boring game in Carolina. Ugh, that was yeah. just a snooze fest. And uh, now you get, I mean, you get uh, New Jersey's game a couple days ago, and then you get this game. Uh, great way to end the, the homestand and, and two exciting games. Hopefully it, it bodes well for a six-game road trip that the Ducks are going to be on right now. Uh, but I'm just happy they're scoring goals, to be honest. I mean, this is all they really needed to do. The goaltending was there. The defense was starting to step up and get a little bit better. Dotson actually surprisingly has come up and, and played pretty well. He's been reliable. And Josh yep. Mahura, uh, we were all sad when he got sent back down, but he was recovering tonight, and, and he ended up playing. So 
Uh, he's looked pretty good playing with Dodgen as well. And Jakob Larson's actually looked okay. He's looked okay with Josh Manson. He hasn't made a, a ton of mistakes. So if the goals are here to stay, uh, the Ducks can finally start turning this thing around. But it's going to be tough. It, it doesn't get easy when you go on the road now. you got to face Pittsburgh. you got to face Buffalo, who have been surprisingly good. You've got to go into New York, Boston. It, it's Columbus as well. It's, it's not going to be easy. It's uh, it's going to be a tough one, man. And that's a lot of games on the road before Christmas. And you know those boys at the end are going to be looking to get back home, families and all that. So that's going to be a tough roadie there just before the holiday break. But uh, we got to get to the post game. Um, we don't have a ton of questions because the Ducks are kicking it right now and and on a streak and rolling, and you know no one's upset. I mean, I I'm surprisedly just a bucket of positivity tonight uh, coming into the podcast, which is a change for me. I have nothing to really to complain about here. Um, but the Ducks made some moves. And it was unfortunate as to why they had to make a couple of them. But uh, let's get to the first one. Adam Cracknell comes to Anaheim. Uh, and the Ducks, de- Ducks send Steve Oleski to Toronto. Kind of like a whatever, I feel like. And then the Ducks acquire goaltender Jeff Glass for future considerations. I don't know. Which is going to probably amount to money at some point and nothing else. That's it. It, it. They're just yeah. bolstering the AHL lineup at that point with another goaltender. And Adam Cracknell comes in here to San Diego after he bought snow tires, uh, as he said. That, I uh, saw that. Some buyer's remorse there. But uh, what would you make of this deal? Did you really – I mean, I kind of nothing did, honestly. I didn't really see any value go either way that's going to move a needle. Yeah, it, it, I don't think it's going to move a needle. It's, it was kind of a weird one for both uh, AHL teams. I mean, right now you would have to look at San Diego and think that where they're loaded right now is with talent up front. When you look at the young Ducks players down there, and Terry and Steele and Lindstrom and Max Jones, and it, it, you know the list goes on for the guys that are down there and playing well. Uh, and the defense was kind of short because you have Jacob Larson up here. You have Josh Maher up he just called up Suster, who I think was scratched tonight as well. So you've got all these guys up there. Uh, to trade away a defenseman was a little bit interesting, but Cracknell's played pretty good with the Marlies. He had 10 points in 14 games. So if you're looking to add some more scoring and, and add uh, maybe a physical presence to protect some of those rookies down there, then Adam, Adam Cracknell's your guy. But it's not, like you said, it's not going to move the needle for the NHL teams, for the Leafs or the Ducks, and it's not a massive trade. Uh, for the the goals of the Marlies either. And Jeff Glass coming over was just so that the Ducks had some AHL cover. I think it, it had some maybe a little bit to do with Ryan Miller Probably. going down with injury. And then also Jared Coral just not playing too well. And Kevin Boyle's a starter down there. But now you've got Jeff Glass who can come in and maybe be a, a decent backup and, and help out Jared Coral who struggled. But, yeah, I, I think that last one, some of it has to definitely do with Ryan Miller. Let's talk about that. So I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Ryan Miller likely out six weeks or longer. It was four to six, but that injury didn't look good. I mean, you saw right away Taylor Hall waving for the trainer to come out on the ice, as we discussed in the last show. Miller out. Yeah. Um, and then we saw the Ducks recalled. They called Coro up, right? They left Boyle down. And for good reason, you know, you got to keep the goals competitive. You can't take the starting yeah. guy out of net. You got to bring somebody up to back him up. So everyone's thinking, okay, cool. Now we got uh, got Caro, who's not going to play unless Gibby gets hurt. Please, God, don't let that happen. Knock on wood. Don't even say it. But uh, we're, everyone's a little like, okay, whatever. That's what's, that's what's going on. And then I saw on Twitter that uh, Chad Johnson got way by the St. Louis Blues. 
And lo and behold, Bargain Bob Murray just reached his little blue light special handout of Walmart yeah. and uh, plucked up Chad Johnson and brought him to Anaheim. I don't... I mean, I get it, but he's a terrible yeah. goaltender. He's a terrible... He's yeah, awful. He's been awful. Is what, what do you... like? I, I feel like this decision was probably made or you, they probably didn't know they were going to for sure get him when they went and got Jeff Glass and I think Jeff Glass was covered for possibly having to, to have Jared Coro as a backup for the next six weeks in Anaheim and and have to maybe go with that and then they see oh Chad Johnson's on waivers we'll put in a waiver claim we will see if, if he ends up falling to us if nobody else claims him and I think they get a bit lucky in that because I would rather it's you know as bad as Chad Johnson has been this year he's not really a great goaltender I would still rather have him backing up John Gibson and playing the odd game than I would rather have Jared Coros starting and I mean, playing a game. So he goes 920 save percentage in 2015, 2016, and 45 games with Buffalo. Goes to Calgary and has a 910 save percentage. Plays 36 games. Goes to the playoffs. Uh, actually played one game that year. Goes back to Buffalo in 2017, 2018. Plays 36 games. An 891 save percentage. They were bad. Okay, okay. Goes to St. Louis this year, and I know St. Louis is having a crap year, but to have an 884 1980s goaltender save percentage in today's NHL, that's not even a quality backup. I I don't, I mean, I know he's not a long-term solution here. I know he's not going to get the games. I know this this is like an insurance policy in case... The worst possible situation happens with John Gibson in the crease. Don't even say that. Don't I'm just even saying say that. That's why Bobby brought him here. But he's he's a terrible goaltender. I mean, uh, Chad Johnson is not a great goaltender. Well, who he, would you he, rather have? Who would you rather have backing up? And, and let's say even in the, this uh, the the back to back we have against Pittsburgh Briscoe and the Love. Rangers, who would Briscoe who would you rather have? No, but between Briscoe the Love. between the two, Chad Chad Johnson <laughs> or Jared Carl, who would you rather have start that game? I think an easy answer for me is Chad I mean, Johnson. Let's just throw that yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, why not? Sub him in there. Yeah, you got You got to put Chad in. Uh, did you see Ocho Cinco from the NFL pop in and, and, and comment? I thought that was pretty funny twice. on Twitter. I that think he funny. did that after, after. He got waved. He like said picked thank you. Up. Then he got picked up with the yeah. Ducks, and he was like, "Thanks." Like he was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just being ridiculous. He's done that before in the past, I think too. Anytime something funny. happens to to Chad Johnson, it is funny. Yeah. I mean, who would you rather have in net, Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco? Oh, that's a close one. That's a close yeah. one. I don't yeah. know, man. Um, Chad Johnson of the NFL is a superstar, or was. Uh, Chad Johnson in NHL has always been a career backup. Um, sure, he has. He has. I mean, you know, behind this Ducks defense, there's there's positive opportunities for him for sure. Um, but just, I don't think that that's an answer in, in giving the Ducks a chance to win night in night out if he has to. So hopefully, it doesn't come to that. And How many games is he going to play, though? Right? Like six I mean, weeks. I, in I December, mean, okay. the Ducks only have one back-to-back. I don't know how many they have in January, but Miller should then be back uh, by the end of January. Let's, go, of January. let's go worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario. We have to talk about it. Worst-case scenario. Yeah, okay, okay. Miller's out the rest of the year. Chad Johnson, John Gibson. Gibby's not going to play another 50 games. He's not going to. He's not playing 50 more straight games. Not happening. You're going to well, see Chad. No, play, then Chad's going to play like 20 games. No way he plays 20 games. Maybe maybe 15 of the, of the remaining 50. 
Well, let's see. I want to actually figure out how, how many back-to-backs they have in general. Then I'll get a good idea of like the base number that he would have to play. because. But you can't I, play I Gibby, Freddie, Anderson minutes. You don't want to do that. But yeah, but I don't think. Uh, I mean, the Ducks are probably going to be fighting for a playoff spot. That that's. I don't think they're going to be in a comfortable position where ten games left, they're they're secured. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so you have to kind of look at, at what the back-to-backs are going to be, and they have one in December. They have, let's see, one in January. They have one in or two in February, and another one in March two in March and uh, three in March. Okay. So like so six, six, six back to backs. You and think Chad Johnson is going to play six games? No. And then maybe throw in a couple other starts. One oh, give me needs rest on. here and there. So I think four starts. So he gets maybe 10 for the rest of the season. Ah, there's no way. If you're trying to make the playoffs, you got to ride. What? You, you're going to play Chad Johnson 20 out of 30 games. He's not playing to make the 20, but I think he's going to play about 15 games. And this is worst case scenario. I think Miller yeah. would play those games. 15 on the high end. I, I would say 10 to 15. I think he plays at least 10. 15 would be high on my end. He's in charge of 20 to 30 points on the Ducks season, you're saying. If, yeah, in worst case, yeah. That's scary. That's some scary, scary stuff. That's a yeah, nightmare no, I, we, scenario. We fully expect. I think we fully expect Ryan Miller to come back in, in at that's least six. That's a dangerous weeks. injury at his age to come back. Or not yeah. dangerous, but that's no, that's a is. brutal injury. Not, I shouldn't say dangerous. Brutal. It's a brutal injury no, no, to have. Sure. Yeah, it is. But I mean, even even some of the best teams, they. I mean, Tampa Bay. Louis Domingue has played better as of late. He's been. He. I think he was second star of the week. But I don't think it's necessarily all because of him. It's because of the team he's playing in front of and. Maybe Chad Johnson play, playing behind the, the the Ducks defense, and I know they haven't been great this year, but maybe the, you know they're starting to pick things up. Things are looking a little bit better. Uh, maybe he goes back to what he was like uh, in Calgary or even in Buffalo. You know, if he puts up nine ten save percentage in those ten to fifteen games, the Ducks win some of those games. He probably win at least half of those games. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't know. If he puts up 884, then they probably lose most of them. But I don't think... <laughs> they probably lose all of them. That there's, there's no question. Yeah, so... There's no question at that point. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a step down from Baylor, for sure. Step up from Jared Coro. But the, at this point, the best the Ducks could do with the situation they're in. You're not going to go out and trade pieces you need or assets that you could use for a backup goaltender when you fully expect Ryan Miller to come back in six weeks. Uh, yeah, no, I understand. But uh, Gordon... if it goes down, maybe at the deadline you go get a backup if Chad Johnson is playing like crap. Gordon Bombay in chat says on speaker calling Angus Redmond, calling Angus Redmond. I, I don't know, I don't know if that's the answer either, but I understand that he doesn't trust Chad Johnson. Just saying. Yeah, I would still, I would still give Chad Johnson. I think maybe the only guy in the Ducks organization I give a chance over Chad Johnson at this point is I would like to see Kevin Boyle get a, a chance to play. But the goal, like you said, the goals need him right now. They they need Kevin Boyle down there to be somewhat competitive. So mm-hmm. that's why the Ducks went out and made these two moves to get Jeff Glass and Chad Johnson. And so they had some cover while they're waiting for Ryan Miller to come back. And you know maybe they're they're worried just like you are that it could be at this point in his career more than six weeks. Could be longer. Could be a lot longer. We don't really know. We'll have to find out whenever he gets evaluated, which is probably going to be after Christmas, and we'll kind of have to go from there. Yep. 
So that is the happenings on the roster. Um, I got to ask you a couple questions here about Ryan Getzloff. So clearly he's not Tamu Solani, Paul Korea esque. But uh, when it comes to talking about Ryan Getzloff, they made, they made mention in the broadcast that he's the highest point getter of that highly, highly touted 2003 draft class. He's sitting at 900 points now. Uh, is he? Did he pass Eric Stahl? Uh, yeah, I think he did. Let's see. I and mean, that this is this is coming out of John Aller's mouth, which came out of probably some That's uh, what I'm wondering. That's some associate producer's maybe. mouth who looked it up on the internet. Let's see, Eric Stall. Hockey reference. Dialing this up right here. No, he is behind Eric Stahl by forty three points. You're correct. Come on, John. Damn you, John Allers, for giving me wrong information. And how dare I not do my homework there? Um how dare I, I slight the second round or the second overall pick in that 2003 draft with Eric Stahl? But when you talk about a guy like Ryan Getzloff, is he not just instant Hall of Famer to you, material? Yeah, he's going to easily pass a thousand points by the time he's done. Probably uh, what? Like he's 33 now. How many seasons do you think Ryan Getzloff has? Probably has six, left? five or six. Six. Yeah, and then at, at close to a point per game, probably three maybe four because I, I think he he's like a Joe Thornton type in a way maybe as long as he doesn't get the same injuries that Joe Thornton has where he'll still be a good player no matter him being slower than than most of the guys in the league right he, he's slower than what the pace of the play is now but it doesn't matter for Ryan Gaslov because he's just that skilled of a player so you know if he puts up 60 points next year 60 points after that 60 points after that it's 180 right there he's already then then he's over a thousand and by the time he's done i think he probably sits around 12 to 1300 points if he plays another six seasons and for me that's that's easy hall of Famer. i think even right now again he's won a stanley cup didn't captain them to a stanley cup but he's won a stanley cup and they like to take into consideration everything so you look at olympics as well and uh, i i think it's just an, an easy choice for me and you know, likely he'll probably stick around in Anaheim for his entire career. I would assume they would re-sign him when his contract's up at the end of 2021-2022. So uh, I think definitely it's an easy first ballot Hall of Famer for me. Yeah, I think so too. He's definitely first ballot. He's got he's got the Olympic golds. He's got the All-Star Game appearances. He's got the Stanley Cup. Um, he, he's led the team in assists time and time again. He doesn't have the individual hardware, which a lot of people would like to pop up and say that that's what indicates, you know, yeah. a phenomenal, you know, world class player. But it's uh, tough, that's a tough, it's tough, tough ask. Yeah. I mean, it, but we were talking about his overall numbers. I mean, it, it's hard to say that he's not in that same echelon, right? He's right there. He's not a Sidney Crosby, but he he's outside the conversation when he was in his prime. When Getzloff's in his prime, he's outside that conversation, but not too far behind, right? He's not he's not a hundred yeah. point guy. He come up in the nineties once in his career, but uh, yeah. very dominant player in his own right. And um, I mean, he's the best type of hockey player, in my opinion, as a power forward. Would you say the th- same thing then uh, about Eric Stahl? Do you think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer if he finishes around twelve, thirteen hundred points when he's done I his mean, career? And how do you deny that guy? I, I don't yeah. think you can. I think you're going to see a lot of guys. Underrated or overrated? At this point in his career, I think Eric Stahl is underrated because when he was in Carolina, he was tearing it up. Then when he got traded to the Rangers, didn't do much. Then he goes to Minnesota and has a 60-point, 30-goal season. Just comes back out of nowhere. And then nobody, you know, people look at that, whatever. 
has a great season next year. Minnesota, he's having a pretty good last time I checked. He had 20 points, 25 games this year. That's not a bad season for him. He's probably going to finish 60 points again. Nobody's really looking at him. He's and probably going to hit 1,000 points in his career, too. He's at 395 goals. Or more than that now, sorry. He's got more than that now. But, I mean, as a lot, end of last season at 395. He's got, I mean, he's got the gold medals, too. The Olympic gold medal in yeah. 2010. Uh, he's, got he's got the got Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup as, a, as a captain too, I think. Maybe um, no. was, I think Brendamore was on that team, so probably. Yeah, it was uh, Brendamore. It was Rod the Bod. Rod the Bod. He had that. Yeah. I'm sure. But he was still a big piece of that team. I think more of a piece than than Ryan Getzlaff was when the Ducks won the Cup. I think at the, at the time, I'm pretty sure Eric Stahl was was still tearing it up for for Carolina when they won the Cup, and he was a big piece of their run. Not to say that Ryan Getzlaff did play a big role in it, but. When you look at who played the biggest roles and getting the Ducks where they are in 07, it, Ryan Getzlaff, I don't think, is in your top three. I think you could argue that maybe Eric Stahl would be in Carolina's top three when they won the Cup. So, yeah, he has 406 goals, 537 assists, 943 points. Uh, I mean, if he keeps scoring at the clip he's scoring at, I mean, there, if he plays long enough, there maybe there's a possibility he's able to get to 500 goals, and that automatically solidifies you there. He'd have... He'd be in that club, 1,000 yeah. games, 500 goals, 1,000 points, Olympic gold, and Stanley Cup. Yeah, in my opinion, he's first ballot Hall of Famer as well, right? I mean, yeah, he's got to get I, in. I think so, yeah. A lot of guys from that year are going to get in. It was uh, an insane draft year. Uh, I mean, even Ryan Kessler was in that draft year. Ryan Kessler, Corey yeah, Perry, Eric Stahl, so Thomas Vanek. Slow down here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not calling him for the Hall. That's, that's, that's another conversation. I don't think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, nor does he deserve to be. He's not that. He's not that that echelon of player. But you got other guys in there too. I mean, Jeff Carter, Dustin Brown, Brent Seabrook, Zach Parise, Brent Burns, Mike Richards. Hey, you could the list goes on. There's so many players, um, and that was like one of the last times you got to see a goaltender selected first overall, right? With Mark Andre Fleury. Not, a, not there's nothing wrong with Mark Andre Fleury, uh, but there's a reason goaltenders get drafted. Uh, the highest late first round, early second round now. Just, oh, yeah. It's too much of a crapshoot. And, and and the crazy thing is, I don't want to dive into a hole. I'm just going to mention it real quick here. But we could. We, I think me and Jason talked about this last year, maybe, or I think maybe it might have been on podcast when we were doing that. We talked about Mark Andre Fleury's numbers when he got drafted were not great. They were uh, just above, I think, 900 save percentage or at some point below and then he went number one. I don't, obviously, I was too young at the time to have watched Junior in the QMJHL and really watch him. But then you look at a guy like Carter Hart, who got drafted in the second round, and he was putting at like 930 safe percentage in mm-hmm. winning like 30 games in the second round. I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know what put Mark Andre Fleury above some of the guys he got drafted in front of. I mean, we're talking about the guys like Eric Stahl and, and Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry and Jeff Carter and all these guys in that draft. And Mark Andre Fleury is the guy who goes num- number one. Had a great career. Great player. Oh, he's had uh, a great career. Just, oh, for just sure. Crazy. Just just insane. So, do you have anything else you want to touch on here? We didn't really have any questions in the comments other than, uh, I think we had one. Uh, it was a Sierra asked who we would have a beer with, current, duck, or past. I'll let you go first. I feel like Timo would be it's like the cop out answer, but like Timo would just be a great guy to sit down and talk with, or whatever. Get a free meal at his restaurant, have a beer with him. Why not? That would be uh, that'd be an easy choice. I mean, honestly, after listening to Spit and Chicklets, I'd probably just say Ryan Whitney. 
all, okay. all the ridiculous stories that guy Very has. Short time, uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, <laughs> um, we're, we're way up the board there. I mean that, or I would want to. I, I was. I would love to to talk to Stu Grimson, honestly, or George Peros. One of Stanislav Ugh, no, jeez, <laughs> no, not one of those guys. No, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Um, Russians. Yeah, mostly. Mostly, I don't like the Ruskies. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Very true. Any other? Do we have any other questions anywhere else? I mean, it's a light night considering the Ducks lit it up. Yeah, we didn't get much, many questions. I mean, a lot happened. Obviously, we already talked about Cash's first career hat trick, Getzlaff's 900th point, uh, Brandon Montour with the the six points in in his last two games. So, it's it's kind of been an action packed night. But I, I think that's pretty much it. I, and you know, other than the news that. Uh, Miller is out four to six weeks. We didn't touch on Raquel. I guess we can talk about that. They just said he's out indefinitely. Right. With an ankle, which is not good. I have no idea. So uh, I would assume he probably sits out this road trip. I, I don't oh, think they. Well, I think he's yeah. done till next year, like next 2019 January. I think it's a yeah. long term. Yeah. Probably high ankle sprain. Those are never good. It's probably about the, I think it's probably about the same time. Yeah about 46 weeks from when it happened. So I think he comes back at, at earliest, probably beginning of the second week of January. Uh, I, I would think he'd or be around there at the earliest, and then latest probably the the end of January. I couldn't see it going much farther than that unless it got worse or wasn't healing correctly. But, yeah, it, it's a tough blow. But uh, I wish we had more news on it. Cause I, and I don't think they can – they don't really have – I don't think they really know when he's going to come back. They don't. It, it, yeah, they they probably have like a tentative timeline, but it would be so ridiculous to put it out there to say like, oh, two to eight weeks. Well, what's the point of, of putting that out yeah. there? You just confuse people. So one to two months. Goes well, okay. <laughs> yeah, if it goes well, he'll come back sooner. If it doesn't heal correctly and it, it takes longer and he can't get out skating soon enough, then it's gonna be later. I, I, I think uh, you know as much as I'd love to know, I think that's what they're kind of dealing with at this point. No, that's true. So let's get to our show sponsor, CoolHockey.com. I think we need to rep them more often. I mean, right now, I they have sales all over the place on that site. They have an overtime sale. If you purchase right now, it's 50, 50 bucks off site-wide at CoolHockey.com. Uh, overtime 50 is the code there. Guarantees arrival by December 24th. But you could also use our promo code. FM20 to get 20% off your purchase of a jersey there at Cool Hockey. So highly recommend going there using that promo code F- FM20. That's good anytime, not just Christmas time. That's good all the time here. And then, you know, if you haven't already been paying attention to the Forever Mighty Three Stars, check those out. We give away a free jersey every single month thanks to Cool Hockey. So that's, I mean, all you got to do is guess right. I mean, and it's not as easy as it sounds, but uh, you, it gives everyone a fighting chance to get a free jersey of your choice. So, you can go and get your uh, your new William Nylander jersey if you're uh, a Toronto fan. You can go and get your Andre Costa jersey if you're a Ducks fan like all of us here. But uh, you can get whatever you want. They're a great company, and they've been very, very kind to us and been with sponsoring the show. So shout out to them. And then also our Patreon. Patreon people, we finally were able to get a hold of Buffalo Bottlecraft, who is amazing. Put up good products. They've been very busy at the winter season here for Christmas as well. But uh, the bottle opener pucks are on their way. I'm told they'll be at my house on Tuesday uh, of next week, which means you people on the other parts of the world that order them will probably not get them by Christmas time. I am very sorry about oh, that. So you lied to them. I didn't think it was going to take this long to get here. 
I didn't mean to lie, but they will be at my house. They'll be shipped. Uh, unfortunately, I got to I got to send one to Australia, which is really far. And so, Josh, I'm sorry, it's not going to get there for you in time. And then uh, they are beautiful, though. Yeah, they look very good. Um, they even said that they're going to be pretty. So I appreciate that from uh, <laughs> from Chris of Buffalo Bottle Craft saying our logo is pretty. But um, yeah, they're on their way. And uh, you, if you want to be a part of that, you can go to our Patreon and check us out there. Um, you can donate to one of our tiers. The top tier, you get a free puck. we got plenty of them coming. So if you want to go ahead and, and uh, sign up for that, we'll get you one. But uh, we haven't done in a while with Patreon. We haven't given our uh, shout-outs to our new page. We have a couple of new ones in December. <laughs> Which is... Yeah, the, I feel bad because I think it's part of our... Uh, our whole gig. Got to give him a shout out. Yeah, way to bury us there. <laughs> I know, right? Well, now I got to load it up. Now I'm behind the ball here. I know uh, Matthew Yacono signed up. He's he's a new yes. pledge for for ten dollar tier. That's awesome. Thank you, Matt, for signing up there. So I know that he's he's one of the ones that we haven't given a shout out to. And then Shane Austin signed up along with Keith Settles. Those are the newest Patreon members that I don't think we were able to give a shout-out to, but shout-out to them for joining and helping us out there on Patreon. We very much appreciate you guys. Yeah, I'll go through, because I'm not sure if we had these people. Robert Swenty, I'm not sure if we shouted out to him, but he's one of our $3 patrons. Brian Duncan uh, pledged a dollar, which we still appreciate. It was great for him. And uh, longtime patron, Tom Vincent, up from 5 to 10. So now he gets access to the puck bottle openers that we mentioned and the Pucks and Brews show, which is coming sometime this month, which is always my favorite uh show to, to, do, to not though, drink yeah <laughs> even though yeah i'm to go to the to the beer store to get anything so that one didn't turn out great for me but uh at least two out of three people were involved yep. so it was still oh, yeah you can still classify in majority as pucks and brews so it wasn't too bad no we'll definitely have that coming up um we have a top 10 show coming up this week and probably the ranch show this this weekend at some point we have to try to find a way to get two shows this week, one show next, and then one during Christmas breaks. So we can lock in those four bonus shows for the Patreon people. But uh, we're running here a little long, so we'll cut this out here. The Ducks take the victory 6-3 to three over Dallas. You guys know where to find us, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Forever Mighty. Check us out there. Give us a follow, and uh, we'll talk to you guys. Oh, Saturday. We're not sure if we're doing a show Saturday or not. Everyone's tied up with holiday crap. But we're going to figure it out. It's either going to be Saturday. Maybe it'll be a show Sunday morning. Um, if you guys are in Orange County, come out to Lampost Pizza where we did our last watch party. Chip from K-Rock is hosting her own podcast party there and inviting everybody to come over and have pizza and watch the Ducks play the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'll be there for some time and so will Jay. But uh, if Eddie, if you're available, we can do a show. If not, we'll do the show Sunday. So uh, we'll figure that out and let you guys know. Have a great night.